Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to another episode of Mysteries of the Unexplained with myself this week, Wilhelm, and my little co-host here, Bernie Gan. That's right, it's Wilhelm and Bernie, your favourite podcast duo. <laughs> um, how are you, Annie? How's life? How's everything for you now? Fantastic. I just had a margarita, which I have been longing for, for a millennium. I did have a margarita when I was over in Scotland and to my absolute chagrin, they put mm. table salt. They put table salt around the outside of the glass instead of sea salt. And I was like, sorry, I know you're Scottish now, but there's no need. There's no need for this now to be scrimping on the salt. But I did get a beautiful margarita there just now in Cork. I'm down here in my fiance's house and I uh, had a beautiful margarita and I just put me on top of the world, I have to say. So you're drunk. I might, you're me. <laughs> I might be slightly inebriated just after yeah. one one very strong drink. Yes, absolutely pissed. This is a do not drink, and this is the reasons why podcast. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you, Will? Oh, what have you been up to? Oh, she asked me. Oh, she returned the question. Not mm-hmm. like you, you selfish mm-hmm. prick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm grand. I've literally been snowed under with fucking trying to add on extra hours to the week and try to get orders it's for Christmas. Christmas. Oh, sorry. Just uh, an opera singer over to- uh, uh, spoke over me there. <laughs> Don't know if you heard her yourself, Annie. Um, no, but uh, yeah, just trying to work away like a little Christmas elf and uh, get stuff done. And also, I'm doing markets at the moment, so getting stuff for them and all that crack. But sure, listen, here we are. And uh, she's up to ninety. Is she up to ninety? She is. She's up to ninety, but she'll get through it. She will. But more and more importantly, we need to thank um, and are extremely grateful for our two new Patreon subscribers, and they are Amy and Marie. 
thank you so much Amy and Marie for signing up to the Patreon and you get exclusive access to our back catalogue of episodes and our fantabulous world famous Motu Weird Wednesday episodes which come out on a Wednesday Oh, would you imagine that? Imagine the come out on a Wednesday. Thank you so much, ladies. You're actually saving us at the moment. And you and all our Patreon subscribers are the reason for living at the moment. Thank you so much. <laughs> so uh, no pressure there, guys. You're the reason <laughs> for us living at the moment. Um, the podcast means a lot to one of us anyway uh she's hanging by a tin tread there by the sound <laughs> yeah. of things are you might, might be the margarita speaking but i just love everybody right now oh my gosh no thank you so much and we also have a new review this week Woo-hoo. Go on, and go it on. is five stars five stars love it they say found will and annie's podcast through a vet feelings podcast the way to tell stories is so enjoyable and the crack is great working my way back through the back catalogue now. Oh, did we read that one? I think you read that one already last week. I am not that intoxicated. You did read that one. Or maybe I have. I don't think I did though. But anyway, thanks so much. If I have, you get it twice read out. But uh, yeah, so if you want to <laughs> review our show, it helps us loads and you can do so through Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts or wherever you can review your podcast. But anyway, let's cut the shit because we need to talk about a paranormal story. Yeah, cut the fucking shit. Well, tell so, me a fucking story. So let's get started. This is called The Crescent Hotel and Dr. Death. Situated in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, is America's most haunted hotel, the Crescent Hotel. Originally, the hotel was billed as a must-visit resort for the rich and famous. Instead, the hotel would become famous for all the wrong reasons. It claimed its first victim when the building itself was a mere skeleton frame. An Irish stonemason was reported to have plunged to his death from what is now room 218. Once the hotel was completed, it wasn't just the employees and guests that were residing there. Reports of strange encounters and unexplained noises became the norm. One employee stated, One day, I was making my way along the second floor when I heard the cries of a man. I listened carefully for a few moments and then realized they were coming from room 218. I went to investigate, knowing that the room should be vacant. When I entered the room, the cries suddenly stopped. But it wasn't until I checked the bathroom that I, I will never forget it. I entered the bathroom and looked around. As I looked up towards the mirror, I witnessed a pair of stone-coloured hands emerge from the glass. I turned and ran as fast as my feet would carry me and told my superior I would never enter that room alone again. Room 218 would go on to earn itself quite a reputation. Guests would report seeing doors open and then slam shut with such force the room would shake. The phantom hands witnessed by the hotel maid were seen on multiple occasions emerging from the bathroom mirror only to disappear again. Soon the entity was given a name. Employees fondly referred to it as Michael. Michael became part of the furniture and before long guests were specifically requesting to stay in room 218. Each one hoping for a chance to spot Mick or experience something otherworldly. Now, would you stay in room 218, Annie, if you knew that it had uh, 
had a, a reputation for being haunted. Um, with Mick, I don't know. It depends on whether he was good looking or not. You know what I mean? If he was That's a, a good dream looking, if, <laughs> if he was a good looking Irish stonemason that was good with his hands, you know what I mean? Um, absolutely not. And when that character that I so brilliantly played said that she wasn't going in there alone again, I'd be like, "Give me my P forty five. I am gone. I am out of here." <laughs> <laughs> Looking for the LP45 and up to do <laughs> P45 in Ireland here is a yeah, you're basically I'm leaving the job, please. I'm gone. Um, I'm gone, yeah. Uh, but room 218 wasn't the only room that was displaying paranormal activity. In the hotel's crystal dining room, many employees have encountered apparitions in Victorian dress. One holiday season, while the dining room was closed, the grand Christmas tree and packages underneath moved from one end of the room to the other. The next morning, employees found the tree and packages moved with chairs circling and facing the newly placed holiday symbol. Another time, employees returned in the morning to find the dining room in perfect order except for menus scattered throughout the room. On one occasion, I was tending to the needs of guests in the dining room. On my way to the kitchen, I glanced in the huge mirror between the doors from the dining room and kitchen when I witnessed a man and a woman in Victorian garb facing each other as in a wedding. The groom turned and made eye contact with me and then faded away. The next day I quit. Um, can I just can I just clarify your yeah. your your British lady on holidays? Is it your, no your Brit- no? Uh, if you want my full backstory, actually, <laughs> I um I just fancied myself like moving to America, and mm-hmm. I just told my family in the UK that I was moving to the new world. <laughs> so I got on a boat and I got over here, and I'm now trying to make make my way to Hollywood, and I'm just basically just trying to earn a few bob along the way. But I had to quit that one particular job because it was too well spooky <laughs> so you're basically kate wins it from titanic basically yes right. thank you got okay. it in one thank got you. it in one thank you another common sighting is that of a man in victorian clothing sitting at a table near the window saying i saw the most oh he's english <laughs> he was english i just channel- channeled him <laughs> so for historical record you needn't look this up guys he's actually english i channel this where it's I saw the most beautiful woman here last night and I'm waiting for her to return. Perhaps the hotel attracts souls who have had fond memories there. Many have recounted seeing apparitions in Victorian ball attire dancing around the room during the wee hours of the morning while the room was closed and dark. Unfortunately, the hotel quickly became unmanageable and fell into disrepair. In 1908, it was reopened as the Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women. This institution quickly closed down in 1924. In 1930, it opened as a junior college. Soon after the college closed in 1934, the Crescent was then leased as a summer hotel. But Annie, a horrific figure entered the hotel in 1937. The hotel had got its new owner, Norman G. Baker, who turned the place into an experimental cancer hospital and health resort. Baker, a millionaire inventor and radio personality, styled himself as a doctor despite having no medical training. Dr. Norman Baker 
claimed to be a licensed physician, examined cancer patients in the hotel's basement while charging unsuspecting families their life savings. He also had an obsession with the colour purple, wearing purple suits and decorating specific rooms only in purple. Oh. oh. Yeah. He's a bit of a bit of a Prince fan. Prince fan. Yeah, I was going to say mm. he's a bit of a Prince fan. He's a bit of a like... Um, He's a bit of a renegade. I love these guys. I love these guys and they do crop up in our stories that are like, I'm just going to put the title doctor in front of my name, even though I'm a fucking job's worth and have never had a medical degree or even put my foot inside a medical establishment in my fucking life. So do you know what, Will? From now on, I'm a doctor as well. Dr. Anne-Marie Bernadette Gann. Thank you. This has given me, I don't know if you've watched the series Ratchet, Nurse Ratchet on Netflix. I'm it's afraid me... to watch it. <laughs> I know, I wonder actually, is this based on that series? Because it's very, I think his room, the doctor in it, he ended up being a, he's like a con artist. And I think the room was all purple, which maybe oh. it was him. Anyway, Dr. Baker has been seen in the hotel lobby as a spirit. He's described as a man in a purple shirt and white linen suit matching photographs of the infamous entrepreneur. A nurse pushing a gurney residing in Dr. Baker's old morgue area is known to squeak and rattle down the halls of the hotel at night. A hotel maintenance man witnessed all the washers and dryers mysteriously turn on in the middle of the night. The laundry room is located next to Dr. Baker's old morgue, which still contains his autopsy table and walk-in <gasps> freezer. Housekeepers report meeting Theodora in room 419. She introduces herself as a cancer patient of Dr. Baker's and vanishes after courtesies are verbally exchanged. A hotel cook tells of his encounter. One morning, while slashing dice and vegetables, I looked up and saw a boy with pop bottle glasses, dressed in an old-fashioned clothing and knickers. <laughs> okay. Skip, skipping around the kitchen. Another morning, I flipped on the lats to begin the day's preparations when some or all of the pots and pans came flying off their hooks. <laughs> Sorry, knickers. <laughs> This little boy is serving you, uh, serving you kitchen eleganza. Ah, kitchen is. eleganza out the fucking Ma- door. I just imagine this little boy being like, pa 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 ka 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 Death dropping all over the fucking kitchen. Doing serving you vogan it all around the kitchen, um, in his little knickers apparently. One couple that was staying on the first floor near the governor's suite told the following. On their second night in the building, they had slept with just a sheet covering the two of them. I awoke beside my wife in a deep sweat, realising that someone or something had tucked us in with a comforter and subsequently we were tucked (laughs) in three more times that night. Tuck, tuck, tuck. And on another occasion, actually, is this a drag race hotel? Like, tucking you, serving tucking, you in the kitchen. Serving you and you. tucking you. Maybe it is. On another occasion, another couple recounted an incident when they checked into room 221 one early spring afternoon. Upon leaving the elevator for the second floor, we were immediately encountered a man wearing an all-black Victorian-style outfit. With a smile, he asked us, Do you require help finding your guest room? 
Believing the person to be a hotel employee, we agreed. The man in the Victorian attire then led the two to room 221, unlocking the door and pushing it open. As the couple entered, the man stayed outside, the door smiling and tilting his head from side to side. One of the two realised that they had not tipped the man, and when they spun around with some cash, he had seemingly disappeared. Perplexed, the two guests just relaxed in the hotel for the rest of the day. When they tried to re-enter room 221 later that evening, the door would not budge. The couple then descended down to the front desk where they asked what was wrong with the key. The staff member stated that they had somehow received the key to room 321. The two described the man who had originally let them into room 221 and the staff member reported that no such person presently worked at the hotel. So this hotel is obviously built on the site of the Devil's Pit. Um, and they need to remove it, please. I would like to state, though, that some of the spirits in this hotel are actually quite helpful. If I had a spirit in my house that would put a load of washing on and the dryer on at night time and tuck me into bed, I don't know if I'd be giving out about that spirit. I'd be like, you are very helpful around the house. Thank you very much. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I just think that, you know, I'm sure work, work in a hotel is hard enough. Like, you don't want this bullshit going on as well in the background. A Victorian men walking, but hello, top of the morning to you. Hey. And you're just like, oh, fuck off. You don't even fucking do top of work. Oh, you're looking for tips? You're looking for tips and you're a ghost. You're taking all the fucking tips. And then the little like, boy in the knickers running around with the fucking <laughs> glasses. You're like, would you ever put on a fucking pants, put on a shirt, running around here? <laughs> I think it's actually gas. Like, yeah, imagine trying to get that and done. And then you you set the dining room for the next day and you're like, okay, mm. dinner's over, all set for breakfast. And you come in the next day and the whole place is torn asunder and the menus are fucked all over the place. And you're like, it's that little drag queen in the knickers again. He's been in here dead dropping a plate around the place all night. And the ghost who put the washing on has put a pink sock in with the white sheets. And now everything in the hotel is fucking pink. You wouldn't mind if they did the washing the right way. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Now, I did mention this guy, Norman G. Baker, who like, Ooh. oh my God, this fellow was mental. Like, absolutely <laughs> mental. Like, Sorry, Will, that's Dr. Norman G. Baker to you? Mm-hmm. I know this guy like killed multiple people like with his concoction of his cure for cancer, which was all these basic ingredients that he injected into them and they then would die. Right. And then he used to just put out these publications of him um, like claiming that he had the cure for cancer like every year and and putting down like that. These people that he had had injected with this stuff were alive and well and whatever, but they would have died. So they like testimonies from these people who were dead, like so bad. But he also like had these radio shows where he used to have these mad like fucking like anti-Catholic rants and like he would at one occasion apparently he did a live broadcast while having sex with his mistress yeah, <laughs> yeah. this was in 1930s guys could you imagine the on? um and he used to play like hillbilly music and stuff like nothing wrong about hillbilly music but whatever um 
he kept on going like between like these radio shows and and apparently he actually set up a second hospital as well but it was all like this big elaborate scam and stuff and it would always go to shit and then you know it would be like fuck this but he ended up dying of cirrhosis of the liver the fucking oh bastard. yeah and um, all these all these doctors they're never able to cure themselves they're like oh yes we can cure anything he's just yeah. kind of like one of those like suitcase salesmen on a like that used to be around back in the day on a higher level that used to sell these like magic potions they come up yeah. to your door and be like hello lady have you got any myriad of problems uh, ranging from headache to hysterical womb take this pill once a day and everything will be okay so I guess like people were uneducated back then and they were like okay that sounds good yeah. and they'd go anyone with money would probably just pay him to try and cure it like they probably di- they didn't have much medical expertise back then so this hick they were probably like okay go on we'll give it to you we'll see what happens then he just dress you in a purple ball gown and leave you sitting in a room like it's ridiculous and he's such a <laughs> like he was described as being like uh one of the greatest showmen that ever lived because he used to put on this such like a spectacle for like you know his mm-hmm. like try to salesman fucking speech to try to get these people in to get his cure to give him the money and stuff like that um and he'd always be wearing his like purple shirts or and lavender ties and stuff um oh. Yeah, which was very, very... But he was described as being quite handsome as well. Um, But he also, weirdly, like, talk about living on the edge, was reported to always have, like, one or two submachine guns within his reach. (laughs) Oh, just... (laughs) Just in case. Yeah. Well, if you're living in a hotel where there's fucking Victorian guys and knickers running around the whole time and kids gone mad that their ghost parents can't keep an eye on these kids, we're going to have to have a machine gun close to hand, aren't you? Well, this is it. Like, I mean, you'd, yeah, you kind of would have to in case someone comes looking for their money, wouldn't you? Kill them and say they were cured of cancer. Like, what yeah, a horrible asshole. Like, it's like something you would do. Do you have his number or no, sorry, the poor man is deceased. That's terrible. He wasn't able to cure himself. Any number of these hacks back in the day. You'd be looking for a little few tips from him, I'd say. How do I get more money funneled out of the people? (laughs) He just sounds like an incredibly camp man, like a pre-prince kind of a figure who decided that he wasn't going to live all his life in the shit. So he was going to come up with some magic potion and people bought into it. That concludes our story this week of a haunted hotel that I would love to go and stay in and particularly room 218 because I think We're going that there. it would be quite nice to stay there. I keep thinking about that poor couple that all their stock stuff was locked in the room that they couldn't get into. They were like, sorry, but I've left my suitcase in there and all my worldly goods and they're like that room doesn't exist sir I'm sorry I'm sorry you're like oh great so I'm just staying here for the rest of my stay in the clothes that I came in thanks a million now guys it's time to move on to our beloved section which is called ah, have you got a question for a girl named Annie her name is Annie and we have a question for her let's go <laughs> on to the question oh, oh, oh my god this is so if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. <laughs> Annie, we have a plethora of questions for you this week, so I would ask you speak in a timely manner. You are on the clock. Let's go. Deborah writes in, she says, which is your favorite beverage? Um, alcoholic, as I have said at the top of the show, Margarita, non-alcoholic, I'd be going for coffee or maybe a glass of water. Thank you. Thank you. I'm on the clock. Thanks, Debs. Oh, my God. Um, Annie, our next question comes in from David Mills and he asks, what is your favourite dinosaur? Oh, Triceratops. I don't know. I don't know why I said that. That's the one that came into my head. Are they the hmm. one? They didn't eat meat, didn't they? They were veggie. Were they veggie? I like they had the little um, horny things on the top of their head and they look quite cute and I'd like one for a pet. But if they're meat eaters, I'll go for something else just in case I get hurt. Thank you, David. Hmm. Kimberly writes in and she says, what superpower would you pick and why? I.e. invisibility, etc.? Thank you for your question. Um, which would I go for there now? I did as a kid always want to fly. I did always want to fly. And to my utter shame, I had a bit of obsession with the Aura Kelly song, I Believe It Can Fly, because I kind of thought that he was speaking about me because I always wanted to fly. I think Aura Kelly might have been speaking about other things now looking back in an adult capacity but as a kid in a very innocent way I did want a pair of wings and was very upset with Santa didn't bring them to me were you were you raging yeah yeah like I believed that like that could happen when I was like six or seven yeah it didn't happen it didn't happen I don't want to talk about it next question please oh my god um Heather writes in she says if you could appoint a holiday for something what would be the date and what would 
would be we? Oh, and what? Oh my God! And what would we be observing? Oh, um, well, just as a little side note, there there has been a new holiday uh, announced in Ireland, and it's going to be Saint Bridget's Day. And you know, in Ireland, we love dedicating an old holiday to a saint there. But this is the first for a female saint. Saint Bridget is getting her own day, and that means that we get a bank holiday in Ireland. Yes, we love giving bank holidays away here in Ireland. So another reason to move over here. So I am very glad that that female saint uh, got a day. But I just think in general, everyone should have their birthday off. I don't think anyone should have to work on their birthday. Because then you spread it all out and not everybody's going to have the birthday on the same day. And if it's your birthday, it's so shit going to work. So everybody should have their birthday off and guys should get to enjoy their birthday and their work. And thank you, Annie, for president. Next question, please. Next question is, Carlos sends in, he says, haggis, yes or no? Mm-hmm, haggis. Absolutely, yes. You know what, Carlos? I had two different veggie haggises when I was over in Scotland there a few weeks ago. And you know what? They were fucking savage and absolutely 100% yes. Not to the meaty stuff, but to the veggie stuff. It is beautiful if you like spiced oatmeal. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Melanie writes it. And then the guys go on a conversation about haggis there for a while. So if you have a few moments, you can read that there, guys. Uh, Melanie writes in and she says hobnobs are digestives Annie oh oh this is a toughie because oh thank you Melanie this is a toughie because I am a fan of a plain biscuit right and I think they are fucking underrated to the gods and both of these are great for dipping in your tea but I would have to I'd have to slightly lean towards the hobnob because I love the fucking crunch out of a good hobnob there and then you can have half of the crunchy and half of the dipped in tea but a digestive is coming up the inside lane and it's a very very close second and um yeah very two very good choices that's a very thank you that's one of my favorite questions thank you <laughs> uh mac heather writes in and they say what does will smell like be very careful anne-marie <laughs> Um, general despair um, general despair and lack of empathy and general and apathetic air but then when he doesn't smell like that on a good day he actually smells quite manly with a nice kind of dark musty kind of aftershave that I never really know what it is but in general once you get through the layer of despair he actually smells quite nice and manly I thank you Thanks for slapping me across the face and then trying to give me a hug afterwards with that comment. Um, Mary Newman Lothian. I love pronouncing your name, Mary. Oh, it's probably wrong Mary. doing it that way, but Mary. that's why I, I, I say it. But anyway, she writes in, she says, Is it weird having a fan base of people who feel like they're your bestie, but whom you don't know from Adam? Mary. I don't know why we're saying that in a kind of like Welsh accent. Um, it's a Scottish name isn't it Mary but anyway it's so weird we never get used to it like I'm already thinking back at stuff that I said at the start of this and I was like oh this is out uh, like this is on a public platform I don't know it's so strange and we talk about it all the time we're like can't believe that people are still listening to us like what what chancers like what a pair of absolute chancers Um, but we're going to keep doing it you're there we're going to keep doing it (laughs) thank you Oh my god. <laughs> Denise right then she says, Did you and the trailer survive the big wins? Thank you, Denise. 
A up Johnny Gall. Um, yes, we did survive it, but I was in it the other day trying to glue my headboard to the wall. That was a whole other story. Um, the bed headboard, and we were like, what's that noise? There was wicked wind there the other night. And we were like, what is that noise? And my brother was like, there's something like beaten out off the back of the mobile. And I went out and I was like, oh no, there's nothing hitting off it. It's just the actual, like tin on the mobile like moving in and out with the wind I was like oh it's my wall moving so um, I will I have survived how long I will survive for is questionable thank you um, um I'm so happy to be a homeowner thank you <laughs> <laughs> Caroline writes in and she says would you rather pick a peck of pickled peppers or sell <gasps> seashells on the seashore Oh, well, you did very well with that now for a fella who can't pronounce his own name sometimes. Um, I would rather sell seashells on the seashore. I'm a salty kind of girl. You're never going to knock it out of me. And um, I just think it'd be more enjoyable all around. And to pick the peppers, I'd probably have to go somewhere warm where peppers would actually grow. That might be a nice holiday as well. I'm starting to backtrack. No, no, I'm going to stick with the shells. Um, Thank you important question I will stick with the shells Vanessa writes in she says what's your favourite Christmas song she says son but I presume she means song <laughs> well my favourite Christmas son is of course Jesus Christ son of our Lord um, our earthly saviour everyone's favourite Christmas son apart from the Grinch who might be my actual favourite Christmas son but my favourite Christmas song is now it's a hard one because it goes wrong very very easily but I really love Oh Night Divine because I used to sing it in the church and they still just sing it every Christmas mass that I go to um, and there was a local lady who sang it beautifully her voice is starting to go in the last few years and it's getting a big dodge um, <clears throat> but me and Will were at a Christmas fair lately and let me tell you someone was singing it there and it was like nailed scratching down a chalkboard um, yeah, that was so, lovely it's <laughs> it's hard one. If it's done right, I'll have own out divine. If it's done badly, I'll be running out the back door. Thank you. Oh my lord. Um Janique writes in and she says, Happy holidays, Annie. What is your favourite Irish Christmas tradition? Oh, hi Janique. Um oh god, is it an Irish Christmas tradition like getting pissed on Christmas Day? like after dinner that's kind of my favourite Irish Christmas tradition no I do like the Ran boys that's uh, Stephen's Day the Ran thing um, it's actually very big in Cork um, it's a tradition where all the kids of the neighbourhood dress up as it's the Ren the Ran it's kind of like you dress up as like fucking scarecrow like like little <laughs> scary things and it's a little bit like uh, Halloween and you go around knocking on people's door begging for money <laughs> my favourite Irish Christmas <laughs> oh my god why because you go around <laughs> trying to get money off people <laughs> Jesus I don't do it myself I just, watch, girl. I, I just watch the children doing it yeah right I'd say you go around your knees going around hey you <laughs> little girl and I'm, I'm looking five. for money I'm also a little girl okay <laughs> Jeffrey writes in and he says do you believe in Bigfoot oh hi Jeffrey I don't believe we've met before 
used to make your acquaintance. I absolutely do believe in Bigfoot. I have said this on the podcast before. I've done a few Bigfoot episodes. He's kind of like a secret, like, fantasy figure. Like, for me, I kind of fancy him a little bit. I do think there's something out there between us and the apes. And he's running around somewhere in Canada. So if anyone spots him, just give him my number as a backup. I am engaged, but you never know. Thank you. And also, finally, Barry writes in, he says, Dear Sani, would you rather be abducted by aliens for a week or have a demon possess Will while you're alone with him on an island for a weekend? Absolutely take the aliens every time. Will is hard enough to manage as on his own without the demon. Sometimes I think that one has slipped into his body. He seems to have this monthly kind of few days where he turns into an absolute antichrist. And at those points, I do think that he may have been overtaken. I have been alone with him in rooms when he's been like this. And I have had the guards on my speed dial. So I would take an alien abduction because I could write a book afterwards and make a few bobbins out of it. Thank you. <laughs> what? Roisin, oh my god, you're okay. You're as white as a ghost. Is everything okay? A bulletin? Across the world? Me? The newscaster, Annie, the listener? <laughs> okay, let's go. Maribel Oslato bought a new pup from a small shop in central Lima, Peru, believing it was a young dog. The animal, which they called Run Run, initially played happily with other pet dogs in the neighbourhood, but as it grew up, signs emerged that something wasn't quite right. Run Run showed a real passion for chasing and killing ducks and chickens in a move that angered the local community. The pet turned out to be a fox which had tin legs, a bushy tail, and a pointed head and prominent ears. <laughs> run Run then ran away from home for a few a few days ago, and ecological police and officials of the State National Forest and Wildlife Service are now looking for him to take him to a special centre or zoo, a.k.a. shoot him between the eyes. <laughs> we have... I would imagine. We have taught that he... We... Sorry, I'm going to do now the voice of the lady in question. We're going live to her house. We had thought that he was a purebred puppy, said Miss <laughs> Sotelo, which, had, which added that her teenage son bought the animal as a pet for the equivalent of $13 about six months ago. Now, I just want to stop there for a moment. How the fuck would you not know that you had bought a fucking fox? I do have a dog that is very fox-like, but he wasn't completely red and that was a giveaway. So he's at least half dog. But I do not know how you would know that you had a fox. Now, some people do keep dogs as, or some people do keep pet foxes, but they're usually aware that they're pet foxes, aren't well, they? Yeah. Plus, they smell like fucking shit. Foxes smell so bad. Well, You'd be like, this dog really smells. Well, I'll just say that there was red flags from the get-go here, as I'll continue. <laughs> a lady told us, the lady we bought it off told us that it had eaten three large guinea pigs. And that she, and she lamented because she had to pay the owners for the dead animals. <laughs> Have you ever... In your life. And it goes on, right? This news report, which by the way was on Sky News, goes on to say um, how it's uh, they talk to a veterinarian and a wildlife specialist who goes on to say 
In this case, it's just a classic of a, a classic case of a fox bought as being a domestic dog. Just one of those <laughs> little foxy dogs. It's happened quite a few times, apparently. <laughs> what the hell? If this is happening in other parts of the world, I'm beginning to think in Ireland, like rabbits are being pawned off as micro pigs. <laughs> Well, a lot of people did get caught with the mic with the pigs being sold as micro pigs, mm. but that's kind of understandable, seeing as they do look like tiny pigs. But a tiny baby fox looks like a tiny baby fox. Yeah, it definitely does. And what were you purchased for as originally? I was originally purchased as um, a fem a female baby infant. Um, they did realize. <laughs> Sometime after that, there may have been some discrepancy in the actual specification of what I was. 100%. And um, I'm still doing 23 and me test to find out exactly where it is. But I tell you one thing, lads, you will be the first people to find out. I just actually want to say uh, there was a girl today in Tesco's when I was in there that was your twin. And really, I followed her for about <laughs> 20 meters because I thought it was you. <laughs> And I was like, is that Annie? Is that actually Annie? And then then I was continuing to do my shop and realizing it wasn't you, but it was just your doppelganger. And um, I walked around and then she started to follow me a little bit. And then I wondered, did I, did I look like one of her friends? No, you know? Will. You looked like somebody that had followed the girl around Tesco and then she was trying to get a picture of your face to give to the local fucking guards. No, they were like, this weirdo has followed me around the shopping centre no. and I'm going to get a picture of him to give to the police. That's exactly what happened there. <laughs> Maybe How would you not know me? How would you not know instantly that it wasn't me? Like, that is so strange. Um, well, she had her back to me for starters. She had the same. Yeah, you know what my back is like. You've cuddled up against it enough and don't you lie. Well, to be honest with you, I initially thought it was someone impersonating Hagrid um, for Harry <laughs> Potter. And then I thought, hey, Hagrid, Annie. And then I was just like, is that Annie? And then I was like, no, just another lady. Absolute dog. Was she very beautiful, or like, I mean, did you finally realize that it wasn't me because she just wasn't actually quite as glamorous as me? Was that the giveaway, or no? I realized it wasn't you when uh, she looked at me and she was, um, she was acceptable looking. <laughs> Money mess in our little array of sunshine, Anne Marie Gann. Mm -hmm. And mm. maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe she didn't put on any makeup at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you dog, you dog. Annie, Annie, uh, we also just need to note that last week we never mentioned it because you wouldn't bring it up. Um, because you wouldn't remember the date anyway. Um, but it was, in fact, the chicken burger anniversary last week. And thank you to everybody who lit a candle and said a prayer, as requested by me on the Facebook group. Um, your pictures, comments, and your one like equals one prayer um, did not go unnoticed. It did with Annie because she couldn't give a fuck basically just another anniversary of saving you from corroded fucking arteries well that is exactly what i was trying to do when i knocked that chicken burger out of your scrawny little hand I was just trying to save your fucking and life as and as you devoured you a garlic cheese chip in my face <laughs> at the same time with the garlic spread across your face like as if it was foundation i have been to therapy 
for 15 years, Ernie. <laughs> and I can't get that pasty face from lack of <laughs> the bad, pasty face from haunting my mind. Pasty because you drank too much and the blood had gone to your stomach to try digest and process all that alcohol and then had migrated onto the liver where it was walking over time and resulted in you looking like the corpse that had been dug up from the ground, resulting in a small sprinkling of topsoil on the top of your head, which was from a rollabout that you did on the ground um, in your drinking, drunken state. I will never forget. Thank you. Rest, rest in peace, chick chick. <laughs> I'm going to have to let you go because you have a lot of fucking editing to do on this podcast. No, actually, I'm going to have to let you go because I have a lot to be doing. Now, I'm going to head on there, Annie. Okay, sorry, I can't be here the whole night talking to you, Annie. Sorry, I'm going to have to go. Um, if you want to look up more about Norman G. Baker and get mad, just type in Norman G. Baker into Google and it'll give you all the information you need, guys. Um, I also think maybe it is actually. Yeah, I think back it is from Nurse Ratchet, is it? Like they just married that into the the Ratchet story. I think they married. I think actually with Nurse Ratchet, and they did actually. Um, they did, you know, t- tip their hat to quite a few uh, paranormal yeah, stories from the states in general. They did. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, they good were. luck to you. Good night. Good night. Save, uh, save the end so of the podcast, like you should say. Thank you for listening this week, guys. If you would like more, you can sign up to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash mysteries of the unexplained, where you'll get a bonus weekly episode called Motu Weird Wednesdays, which is more of the same and also a grinds my geared section, which is also very popular. You can also find us on Instagram at mysteries of the unexplained pod, or you can search mysteries of the unexplained on Facebook and join our super little duper group where we hang out and basically have a laugh every day. We'd love to see you there. Do you vent to say any, Gan? I'm not allowed to say anything, thank you. Oh, well done. Welcome to the world of podcasting, Annie. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. If you want to give us a little boost for Christmas, you could give us an old five stars there on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening that allows you to rate. And you could always leave us a little review. Why don't you hit the subscribe button? Because that helps us in shit. You don't need to give us any money. Thank you. Thanks. Join us next week for more mysteries of the unexplained. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.